you're listening to Maybe You're Like Me, the transparent musings of a God girl chasing after her purpose. Maybe You're Like Me is a podcast for dreamers and doers who take life's lessons and level up to look more like Christ. We'll connect through super relatable stories, growing pains, and aha moments that most of us share, just not always out loud. I'm your host, Alicia Watson, creative entrepreneur, playwright, author, wife, mother, daughter of the king, and so much more. And I can't help but to think that maybe you're like me. Hey, hey, beautiful people. Thank you for joining me for another episode of Maybe You're Like Me with Alicia Watson. It's me, your host, Alicia Watson. I just want to thank you guys just for listening and for enjoying the podcast, leaving reviews, messages, text messages, talking about it when you see me in person. It's just, it's been a joy to do it and share with you guys all here. And it really has been wonderful to hear how the episodes bless you, the topics bless you, and how you can actually relate to me um, and that I'm not alone in some of these things that I experience in life and in my walk with Christ. I hope that you'll continue to keep riding along with me on this journey. And um, I'm excited to keep riding along with you on it too. So Maybe you're like me and there are lots of people that love you. I'm following up last week's episode with this flip side of there being someone who doesn't like you and acknowledging that there are lots of people that love you. If you're like me, sometimes you can focus on the negative, on the relationships that need to be fixed or changed, you know, looking at what's not right and ignoring the things that are right. The truth is, even though everyone won't like you, There are many, many people, many, many more people who will absolutely, unconditionally adore you. And you will be more content and joyous focusing on them. I know that's true for me. I mean, even as I'm working on this episode, one of my aunts just called to check on me because she was thinking about me. My friend's daughter is sitting here with my daughter because... I'm one of the few people that she trusts with her children and vice versa. My business is mainly referral based because my clients really rock with me and they like to come back and send their friends that are just like them. I mean, an inquiry just came in on my website and I'm not even really taking clients right now. And that's just in the last 20 minutes. Really, this podcast is a self-fulfilling prophecy. It's what you're focusing on that's that you can not manifest, but you can see clearly, right? If I'm really looking, if I'm really paying attention, I'll notice that I'm greeted with hugs and smiles when I see friends from my old church. My friends at my current church listen to this podcast and send me love about it. I make friends with my daughter's friends, moms, and even the parents from my kids track team. Whenever I do post something online, when I get back on social media, I get such kind words and so much love and appreciation and encouragement. And even some of you have left just really uplifting reviews for the podcast. And even if you haven't, you're here right now listening. What I have to admit is that love is constantly flying at me from different directions. My husband, my kids, my family, my in-laws, my friends, my clients, my supporters, my angels, my God. If I sat here and listed them out, there would be so many pages of names of people who think highly of me, who smile when they think of me, when they see me, who want to include me, who want to be around me. A mountain to an anthill compared to the small, tiny handful of people that I'm aware of that for sure. 100% don't like me. But y'all, the spirit of rejection would have us to believe that those people matter more, that their opinions can alter the trajectory of our lives in some way. 
And so that's where we place our focus. Their icks with us, their disapproval of us, their annoyance with us or hate on us means more about us than the love and acceptance of the people who truly know us, who truly love us, who care about us and support us. It's an all in earth and attitude. It, it creates a false version of reality that's steeped in fear, steeped in lack, suspicion, defensiveness. It creates an urge to reject others before they can reject us. The spirit of rejection is oppressive. It's miserable because it creates a fear of loneliness and then it manifests that exact loneliness that you're afraid of because you're blocking people out because you've got your head on a swivel trying to make sure that you're not getting played, that you're not looking foolish, that you're not being double crossed by people instead of looking at all the love that's around us. And so as a result, we tend to isolate ourselves or limit our circles or be highly suspicious of others in big ways and small ways and put a focus on ourselves and what we're not getting from people without recognizing what we have to give. I have a friend who was invited to an event by someone that, to be honest, I'm no longer close with. We were all part of this organization and um, we shared some great moments in the past. Um, they stay connected, but at some point... <laughs> I think I must have offended homegirl, and I think I know when, but we never really talked it out. And I just assumed she was offended because she faded to black on me. And just over the years, we grew apart. And honestly, I was fine with that. That is until I realized that I didn't get an invitation to this one event. And for some reason, I was tempted to hone in on the reason why. Like, I was tempted to blame myself for us not being close anymore. I was feeling fear of missing out, and I was feeling left out. I was feeling excluded. I was tempted to even compare myself to my friend because she's as cool as a fan, and people really love her, and she has long-lasting relationships that span decades with various types of people across the spectrum, and people just really, really love her, me included. But me knowing that and then hearing about her coming from this event created this sense of comparison where I felt like, oh, she must not be as difficult of a person as I am. She must not be as socially awkward as I can be or she obviously knows how to not burn bridges. And I basically have flamethrowers for hands, apparently. <laughs> but that's not true. Um, there's definitely some people that don't like her. I'm aware of it. We talk about it. And there's definitely some people that love her to the fullest extent of the word. When I zoom out, the truth is I haven't invited this homegirl that I feel like has excluded me to any of my events in years. And it wasn't malicious or anything. We're just not close anymore. I wasn't excluding her. Just like she's not excluding me. We just aren't connected. That's the reality. People grow apart. So realistically, I can confront those feelings of rejection with a reality check that people can like you and then stop liking you. And that's also okay. What do they say? Like people come into your life for a reason, a season, and a lifetime. Like she might have been a seasonal friend. She might come back around. I have a friend I fall out with like once a year. <laughs> and we always come back around. And then I have a friend that I never talk to. Like I talked to her maybe three or four times a year. And every time we pick up, it's like, we never stop talking. It's, it's just good vibes all the time. Like pick up right where we left off. Both are okay. 
Sometimes people get busy. Sometimes people get preoccupied with their lives. Sometimes like where I am right now, it's just so much on you (laughs) and so much that you're dealing with, whether it be grief, whether it be overwhelm, whether it be just a season of needing to focus on yourself, that people cannot focus on you. It does not mean that they're trying to exclude you or that they don't like you or that they don't want to be around you. It might just be that they need to only have their closest circle around them. And if I'm not in their closest circle, then I can't really be offended if they're not inviting me because I'm not inviting everybody who's not in my closest circle either. Because honestly, if it really bothered me that much, I have the power to clear the air through a phone call, through a text message, through an email. I could set the record straight, get the details on why we fell apart and set up my intentions to move forward differently. But I haven't done that either. At the very least, I could start inviting her to my events. I can get the ball rolling on that relationship. But honestly, it's really not that important to me. I hate to say it that way, but the reality is it's not or else I would have done it. What's important to me is that that my sense of protection is that I don't want to feel rejected. But the reality is, is that I'm not rejected. You just can't include everybody. That's fine. I had a friend who would feel alienated by and complain about all of her friends, like, all of them. <laughs> she talked about how much they didn't call her, how much they didn't drop by for a visit, how much they didn't want to do things with her. And I would just ask her, when was the last time you called them or invited them over or just dropped by their house? And the answer would always be, I didn't, I haven't, I don't. And I would say to her, to have a friend, you have to be a friend. And in this instance, I give good advice and sometimes I had to take my own realistically, I can't be that kind of friend to everyone. And so what does it benefit me to feel rejected by people that I can't be the type of friend I want them to be for them? What I've had to learn is that whatever you feel others do too, even if someone seems super confident or well-liked or well-loved, your attention, inclusion, and opinion can still matter to them. We all have the ability to show and receive love. We all have the ability to show and receive acceptance and kindness, but feeling and trying to avoid rejection will have you causing more harm because you're always on the defensive. Rejection hinders you from seeing the power that you have. You're not always the victim. You're not always excluded. Sometimes you're the excluder. On the contrary, Knowing that you're loved helps you to show up differently. Knowing that no one person's rejection or critique of you can turn the opinions of every other person in your life against you. And that empowers you to interact with others from a space of the abundant love that you possess. You can smile and be friendly when you walk up to a group. You can warm up the temperature of a room just by how you enter it. You know, over the years, I've conditioned myself to enter a room with confidence, literally thinking everyone loves me and I love everyone. It's a stark difference between entering a room thinking no one's going to like me or even I hope everybody likes me. I hope someone likes me or with a sense of dread or a sense of fear or trepidation. But if you enter the room with the confidence that you have value to give and that also you're going to be received well, then that stops you from feeling those feelings and allows you to take the focus off of you and what's actually happening in the present. It changes the energy you bring to a space. When you understand that, you can be curious and courteous, giving people your time and attention. You can be thoughtful and generous, being of the mind that you have more to give than you have to lose when you're interacting with others, when you're being a friend to others, when you're being there for others. There are so many people that love you. You are so loved, fam. Like, like seriously, I'm not just saying something. Sit there and really think about it, how loved you are. 
And if you don't feel it, I challenge you to do an exercise with me right now. Do it now. You know I love my list. So this one is simple. Just take out a sheet of paper and draw a line down the middle. On one side, list all the people that love you. When you walk into a space, they smile, they hug you, they run to you, they just look happy to see you. Think of those people. Write them on that list. On the other side, write down the people that you know for certain don't like you. And you have to be certain about it. It can't just be a hunch. Can't just be body language. You just got to know, like, this person has it out for me. They just do not rock with me at all. I know that I wrote them the wrong way. They do not like me. Write them down. Now, after you've done this, I'm pretty sure, I don't even have to see your list. I'm pretty sure that the first column is way longer than the second because I know mine is. I have a kind words folder in my phone where I screenshot or take pics of and save all the kind words and love that I receive that touch my heart and that affirm me. It could be from my clients, about my work, love notes from my husband, sweet accolades from my friends, even notes I write to myself or scribble to myself. There are messages um, that my kids have written in cards over the years. There's screenshots of status messages my parents wrote about me, like on my birthday or when they're proud of me on, let's say Facebook or something. And I just compile all of those and put them in this folder. And I revisit this folder in moments of doubt, imposter syndrome, loneliness, or just when I need a reality check. What I want you to take from this episode is that you can't let people's feelings about you, even their actions against you, knock you off your square and take you away from your purpose. Your focus cannot be on being liked or even on being loved. As God's daughters, our focus should be on God. You know who this reminds me of? Jesus. The very people who should have been running with Jesus, the Pharisees and the Sadducees, were the very people who were going against him. They were jealous. They felt threatened. They misunderstood him. They actively sabotaged him. They questioned him openly. And eventually, they were determined to kill him. And even with all of their persistent hate, Jesus stayed on mission. When he prophesied that one of his closest friends would betray him, Jesus just stayed on mission. When that friend, Judas, actually betrayed him, Jesus stayed on mission. Jesus could have focused on that betrayal or he could have focused on all of the positives, like how Pilate didn't believe all of them and was trying to release him, how Joseph of Arimathea like asked for his body to bury him and honor him. He was hated, but he was loved, but neither of those things mattered to him. Not more than the love of God. And we knew that God loved Jesus because when John the Baptist was baptizing Jesus and that dove descended on him, the voice of God spoke out and said, this is my son with whom I'm well pleased. That was all he needed (laughs) to go on. No one's love or hate could trump that cosign from God. And it's the same for us. What matters here is that no one's hate or love of you trumps God's love for you. Before he formed you in your mother's womb, he knew you and he loved you. And so whether you have fans or foes, you are loved by the creator who created you on purpose for his purpose. And that's where we find our value and our identity. And so while we have haters and there's people who don't like us, there's many, 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 many more people who love us, who are the hands and feet of God towards us, who demonstrate his love for us in an earthly way. But even beyond that, we know his love for us is eternal and everlasting. 
And that is what should guide us and give us hope and fill us up and allow us to pour it out, to love others as we love ourselves because we are loved by him. Well, that's all I have for you today. If you're like me, I would love to hear from you. Reach out to me on Instagram at the Alicia Watson. Send a DM and let's talk. If you know someone who's like us, please share this episode with them. Subscribe, rate, review wherever you listen to find podcasts. I hope you all have a beautiful week. Okay, bye.